Hello, and welcome to Heartline Ministries, a one-hour televised program and audio podcast where we take the timeless truth of Scripture and apply it to hearts and lives in the 21st century. Join Pastor Harold Noyes of Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont, and Pastor Timothy Golden of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire, as they bring the light and life of God's Word to current situations and experiences. Now here are your hosts, Pastor Harold Noyes and Timothy Golden. Well, once again, we want to thank you very much for tuning into Hotline Ministry. It is a ministry where we take the Word of God and we apply it to our hearts. And that is the key, Tim, to, to the Word of God. For any of us who are believers, is it's one thing to read it. It's another thing to apply it. Right. It's another thing to see the reality of it in our life. Mm-hmm. And as we are walking through, I think this is the midsection of this this wonderful psalm, as we're walking through this Psalm 119, um, anybody could have written this stanza. Mm-hmm. And you were even stating earlier in our conversation, if you if you don't identify with this stanza, then you must be on a different planet. Mm-hmm. You know, because goodness, everybody goes through these seasons of yep. their of their Christian experience. That's right. You know, and if you don't, then maybe you better start doing some checking Mm -hmm. to make sure that you are a Christian. Because, you know, um, this psalmist, as he writes verses 81 through 88, is just really pouring his heart out and and coming to a a deep reality check. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is something all of us as believers need to do from time to time, certainly. Absolutely. And as you said, it's understanding... Um, that we all go through this very thing that he identifies. and But so many times I, I see happen on like a Sunday morning or when we get together with other believers and, and they happen to ask, so how are things going? And our quick response is, well, praise God, everything is yep. just great and wonderful. Right. And, and we respond that way as though it's always like that. And I guess down inside we want it to always be like that, or we think that others expect us to be able to say that. But if we're really honest with ourselves, we all have downtimes. We all have those points in our Christian walk, not where our faith is shaken, but just where we wear out, yep. where, where we get frustrated, or we, we feel a little sense of, um, and, and on a minor level, some despair, you know, that, wow, well, things ever change? Will will things ever get better? You know, this is not quite what I was expecting. You know, we we want it to always be the joy. We always want it to be filled with that elation, that sense of worship. But the reality is sometimes life hits you hard Mm. and it can drag you down. And that is not to say that we are not strong in our faith. And and I think of, um, as we have mentioned before, and I guess I identify with this because it's what I've gone through most recently with, of course, the loss of my father and my brother and my mom over the last few years. And the thing that I've told people a number of times when they're like, so how are you doing? It's like, which part of me? And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, the spirit man is a okay. Yeah. 
You know, inside I have such incredible peace. But I said, what amazes me in my Christian walk is sometimes how long it takes my emotions to catch up with my spirit. Yeah. And there, there's these, there's that emotional, there's that mental part of us that sometimes has got to go through certain stages of grief or certain wrestlings, if you will, um, with the emotions um, to almost bring them into submission with our spirit. And what the psalmist is showing us here is that he had to do the same thing, that there came times in his life where he just emotionally became a little distraught or just kind of tired. And But yet, as we'll see throughout this as we dig into it more, his spirit man was on target. Yep. You know, there's a song, and I, and I don't know if I get the lyrics exactly right. It's been a while since we've sung it. But, oh, so are you heavy and weary? And, and, and you know, or something of that nature. Oh, so are you... Weary and... I can't remember. But, yeah, you know. yeah, I, I know what one you're talking yeah, about. You know, and, uh, but yeah. the thing is, is, you know, that certainly is a question that, that, you know, all of us ask and all of us can identify with if we're being totally honest. Oh, so are you weary and troubled? Weary and troubled, thank yeah. you. <laughs> you know, and, and to me, that's exactly what this whole stanza mm-hmm. of this Psalm 119 is all about. He is wearied, he is troubled, mm-hmm. he faints, he... His eyes even become dim to the scriptures, and you know, I mean, it's a it's a terrible place to be in, mm-hmm. but it's a real place that all of us face. Yeah, well, and we talked about that even a couple of weeks ago about another um, great hymn writer, didn't we? Uh, Horatio Spafford, yep. or Sp- Spafford. Um, in the writing of the song, well. It Is Well With My Soul, yep. where it started off, when peace like river tends my way, but when sorrows sea like sea rolls. billows roll. Yep. I mean, that's talking about quite a surmounting amount of sorrow. But whatever my lot, yep. you've taught me to say it's well with my soul. So there, there's that beautiful sense that you get again of what's going on emotionally, what's going on mentally is hard, and, and, it's, and, it's, uh, and it's very upsetting. But yet inside, I know. That my, that, that I am secured with, right. with the Lord. Right, and and you know once again I love what Paul says. I am persuaded that He is able. Yeah. To keep that which I have committed unto Him until that day. Why? Because right now mm-hmm. my life is upside down and topsy turvy. Mm-hmm. But I know in the end. Right. You know. So, well, why don't we open in prayer, Tim, and then we will have you read verses eighty-one through eighty-eight of Psalm one nineteen continuing, uh, to me, this uh, amazing uh, psalm of ups and downs and praises and, and turmoils, mm-hmm. and, but one in which all of us can identify with. Every yes. time we read one of these stanzas, we can all identify with them mm-hmm. if we're really walking with the Lord. So let's, let's ask the Lord to be with us. Father, we thank you that, Lord, there are times in which our, our soul is fainting, our soul mm-hmm. is weary, our soul is troubled. But, Father, we also know that we can call upon you. And, Father, we also know that you are there. We also know that you, you will lift us up. Love lifted me. And so, Father God, I ask that as Tim and I share from this beautiful psalm, this beautiful stanza, that, Father, you would help us all to recognize it, see it, but then also see the victory that is in it. So, Lord, bless our time. Use it for your glory, and we'll thank you in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. So starting at verse 81. My soul faints for your salvation, but I hope in your word. My eyes fail from searching your word, saying, when will you comfort me? 
For I have become like a wineskin in smoke, yet I do not forget your statutes. How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? The proud have dug pits for me, which is not according to your law. All your commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help me. They almost made an end of me on earth. But I did not forsake your precepts. Revive me according to your loving kindness, so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. So revive me um, so that I shall keep the testimony of your mouth. Mm. And in this section, we have entitled it, Do You Need Revival or Restoration? Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a time in all of our lives that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, When when the psalm, and, and anybody could have written this psalm, you know, uh, some attributed to David, some attributed to uh, Jeremiah, some attributed to other penmen. Mm-hmm. But any of us, if we're honest, could have written this. Mm-hmm. Because there are times that all of us are at this level or, or at this place mm-hmm. in our life. For example, in verse 81, my soul, that is the inner man, by the way. It's not mm-hmm. talking about the outward man. This is the inner man. This is, yep. you know, the, the innermost recesses. The, uh, Paul, I think, explains it as the, the bowels or the, the innermost parts of us. Mm-hmm. So he goes and says, my soul fainteth for thy salvation. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, I, I, I don't know how much longer mm-hmm. I can hold on. Yep. You know, and, and the word salvation is not, in this case, the salvation that we're talking about, like in the New Testament, where you know I've confessed my sins and Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, forgave me and gave me eternal life. No, this word salvation means my soul faints for your deliverance, for your mm-hmm. hand of mercy to deliver me. Yeah, you know, so so that is the the meaning of that word salvation mm-hmm. here. It's not the salvation of the New Testament that we're talking about mm-hmm. at this point in time, yeah. but the innermost parts of me, I'm just longing for your deliverance. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like he doesn't see it. Yeah. And, and it's really seeing it in terms of that, as you've already meant, kind of alluded to, that this is not necessarily written from a, not, from a non-believer standpoint or somebody who's getting ready to make a commitment to follow Christ. This is coming from a standpoint of someone who has been walking with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Somebody who has already placed, because um, you know this concept, my soul faints, right? It, it's currently happening, but also currently I'm hoping in your word. So we know that there's a relationship that's already there. And which brings me almost all the way down to that last verse, where, as you mentioned, that word revive. So many times we hear the words in Christian circles of, we want revival. And what people are referring to is what? We want to see the lost come to know Christ. But this is not the revival we're looking at here. Yep. This is somebody who, that, that term revive means something has, was living has now, is now on the crux of death yep. and needs to be revived again, needs to have life breathed back in again, right? And, and so this is the aspect here is of someone who has been working at walking with the Lord, who's been working at wanting to follow him, but yet... In the midst of all that, something has come along or some things have come along that have sucked the life out of us. Yep. And so, Lord, we're coming to you again, asking you, breathe life again. Yep. You know? and, and, and I think that that's almost where even when we're not going through the hard times, we need to have that mindset of God today, 
breathe new life. Yep. You know, um, don't wait until I get worn out. Yeah. You know, give me the new life now. You know, revive me each and every moment of every day so that I can walk in the fullness of life. You know, I, I like, you know, your translation has the word revive. My translation, which is the King James, has quicken me. And I, and I love that word quicken. Make alive again. Give, yes. like you say, give me new life. One of the things about revival, and I'm not, not sure that a lot of Christians understand this, is that revival can only happen to Christians. Mm. And I'll tell you why. Because you can't revive something that hasn't had life. Right. So revival is for Christians. They had what they, in the, in the old days, they had what they had, what they called the awakening the time of the great awakening, mm -hmm. that is for the unsaved. That is for yep. when the unsaved or those who don't know Christ as Savior would see and they would come to know Christ as mm -hmm. their Savior. But revival always tends to uh, go for the believer. You know, mm -hmm. I was, I was, you know, my, my flame is flickering, my flame is, is dying out, and I need to you know, for God to put on some more wood. I need God to put on some more, mm -hmm. you know, stuff to, to torch that fire yeah. again. Fan into flame. Fan into flame, you know, and, and really get it going again. And that's what revival is. So we know that when he's talking about this, and as you looked at verse 88, quicken me or revive me. This is someone who's been walking it, you know, mm -hmm. and all of us who have walked it have come to certain times in our walk where mm -hmm. we have to be honest with God and say, my soul faints for your deliverance. I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I don't see it happening. Yeah. I know it will, mm -hmm. but I don't see it. And we become weary with that. We become, you know, uh, to the point of, Lord, when is this going to happen? Mm -hmm. When? You know, and, and we know it will happen, though, because yep. he promised but just when, and, and you know, if most people are like me, you know, we have a little hard time with patience, mm -hmm. with waiting for something, you know. Yeah. We like to pray that famous prayer, God, I want patience and I want it now. Want it now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, and, and that's just seemed to be, but one of the things too, and, and I think it's very important, in verse, 80, verse 81, he isn't saying, my wife's soul is fainting, or someone in my church's soul is fainting. No, he's saying, my soul is fainting. Mm -hmm. You know, this is for me. How many of us believers really hesitate to pray for ourselves? Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're good at praying for other people. We, we see other people's needs and all that. But you know something? There is absolutely nothing wrong. Matter of fact, I think it's imperative mm -hmm. that we as believers also have a prayer for ourselves. Lord, revive me again. Quicken me. Mm -hmm. You know, restore my spirit. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, do what has to be done that I will walk with you. Mm -hmm. You know, because it seems like we pay so much attention to everybody else that we forget who we are. Mm -hmm. And pastors especially, I think, do that where mm -hmm. they, they get so involved in everybody else that they forget to, to uh, renew their strength. Mm -hmm. They forget to have their devotions. They forget to Mm -hmm. build on the Word of God for themselves. Yeah. I know a lot of pastors who, the only time they build on, on, the, on the Word of God is when they're preparing messages for their church. Mm. You know, wait a minute, no, you need to have a personal time where you're building for right. you mm -hmm. and, and not for the whole church. You, you need that. And so therefore he goes in verse 81 and says, my soul fainteth for your salvation. Mm -hmm. No other salvation will do. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not asking for the deliverance from, you know, by my army, by my soldiers, by anybody. No, no, Lord, this has to be your deliverance. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, what's, what he's asking for deliverance from, notice it's not his spirit. Yeah. It's my soul. Yeah. You know, the center of my will and of my emotions, that's what's going faint. My spirit's still following hard after you, yeah. but right now, mentally and emotionally... I'm losing it. Yeah. I'm losing the battle. I, I need something to change. Yeah. You know, I mean, and once again, with our spirit, it's almost like we can, you know, we can, I don't, and I don't want to be, say, be hypocritical, but sometimes we can, we can pretend that we're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Or keep on going, you know. Fake it uh, till you make fake it. Fake it till you make it, you know, kind of thing. Where, you know, in the soul, it's a whole lot different. Right. You know, and sometimes it, to me, it's awful hard to, to hide that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you finally hit the, the dumps, I mean, you just, people know it. It's yeah. like Nehemiah. You know, he'd never gone to the king sad before in his life. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden he goes before the king and the king looks and says, man, what's wrong with you, buddy? Mm-hmm. You know, I've never seen your countenance like this. Yeah. You know, so it's not only his spirit, but his very being mm-hmm. was saddened because of what happened to Jerusalem. Yeah. Well, I had this one lady in uh, one of my other churches um, that was a perfect picture of this. You know, a woman who loved God more, you'd be hard-pressed to find. But, you know, she would come into church, and I could know when things were not, when she'd had a bad week. And, again, it's not to question, her faith was so strong, but, you, but I could see it in her countenance. And, and so many times, you know, the first thing I do is go up to her, so how are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm, doing, I'm doing great. Of course, my response would be, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah. Really? Well, you know, there's a couple things, you know, but overall I'm handling it. Yeah. Really? Okay, I'm having a terrible week. All right. Are you happy? It's like, yeah, actually I am. Not that you're having a terrible week, but now you're being honest with yep. me. Yep. Now you're really, you, you know, let's, we as Christians need to stop playing a game and understand, and God knows that we need building up, we need encouraging. How much of the New Testament, of the letters of Paul or of Peter or of John, you know, that we read that talk about building one another up, encouraging one another, and the importance of those sorts of things. And why is he saying that? Because we need it. Yep. Because we as humans will wear down. And, and, to, and we really are just playing some sort of a game if we feel like we've just always got to be on this this plane here. And yeah, the closer you get to God, you know, the, the hills and the valleys seem to level off a bit, but you're still going to have those times. Yeah. And, and we need to be willing to be honest with not only others, but also with ourselves and with God, especially. Yeah. yeah and I don't really, you know, me personally, I just don't think that we're doing anybody any good Mm-mm. by not owning up to the fact, you know something, I could really use your prayers right now. Mm-hmm. I really need your prayers. You know, I mean, uh, uh, it was interesting. During prayer meeting last night, you know, I had my phone here up on the desk before me, you know, so I can tell what time it is and all that stuff. And I get these couple of text messages and very urgent mm-hmm. prayer requests and saying, would you please have your church pray for this? You know, and mm-hmm. I love it when people recognize us as a praying people. Yes. As a people who 
can take their burdens and lift their burdens mm-hmm. uh, before the Lord. And two very dramatic reasons or, or uh, causes of prayer that, that I got just in that hour that I was at, at our church, you know, during prayer meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, and certainly some people say, well, you should have shut your phone off and all that. But you know something? I like having it so that when an urgent plea comes, I can say to the people, oh, add this to our prayer list tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this just came over. Yeah. Because people know, a lot of people know when our prayer meeting is. So they type it in and say, oh, by the way, could you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, that, that's the urgent part of it. Yeah. You know, in this verses 81 through 83, I find that the psalmist has a tremendously troubled soul. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's really troubled. It's, it's really, um, really taken its toll on him. Mm-hmm. You know, one, my soul fainteth. I, I've lost my strength. I don't tend to have the strength anymore. I don't have the, the urgency. I don't have the passion. I don't mm-hmm. have those things that I'm so used to having. Mm-hmm. Seems to have dried up. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. And I need it. Yeah. I want it. I desire it back. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and therefore I need your deliverance. Mm-hmm. My deliverance can't do it. Right. Right? How often do we try to think that we can do it and build ourselves back mm-hmm. up when in fact, no. Um, we need to be built up by God. I mean, mm-hmm. he's the one who needs to do it. So, yeah. And I'm, how encouraging, too, when you read like these words of the psalmist, you know, especially verse 82, I think that we can all identify with to an incredible level. Um, this aspect of my eyes fail from searching your word, when will you comfort me? How many times we've all sat down when we're going through a hard time and we've picked up the word of God because we want to seek his wisdom, we want to seek his face, and we begin to read his word hoping and praying that we'll see something, but yet we read and we read and it just feels so dry and it feels so empty and we begin to wonder what's wrong with me you know or what you know god why are you not saying something to me today through through this word if there's ever time i need you i'm trying to seek you out but yet i don't feel like you're reciprocating yeah and and you're really hearing this cry Hmm. from the psalmist at this point my eyes are searching i'm diligently looking for your word but when are you going to comfort me? You yeah. know, when, when, when's the peace going to come to my, spe- to, to my soul, to, to those emotions? And, um, and it just, it, it brings such relief to know you're not in it alone. Right. That even somebody as great as the psalmist yeah. experienced this. You know, I also see in verse 82, you know, okay, my eyes fail. When will you illumine me again? Mm-hmm. You know, because what is the, one, of the, one of the works, one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to take the Word of God mm-hmm. and illuminate to us. Have you had, and I, and I know you probably have, and I have, where, you know, I can read a scripture verse and not get a thing out of it. Mm-hmm. Come back to it in an hour or come back to it the next morning mm-hmm. and say, I just read the scripture verse yesterday and it meant nothing. And you read it again today and say, Whoa. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. what that's saying? You know, it's, it's just one of these things where, you know, after a little bit of time, God says, here, now let me illuminate to you. Let, mm-hmm. Now is the time I'm going to show you yeah. this. Mm-hmm. You know, so and don't, don't get frustrated because I'm not showing it to you yesterday. I'm going to show it to you today. And isn't it amazing, too, the number of times that the very things that he shows us, that we go and we say it to somebody else, it's like, you, 
you've got to see this nugget that God gave me today. Yep. Yep. I, want, I want you to see this. And, and we begin to explain it. We begin to show them exactly what the Lord showed us. And they look at us and say, yeah, so? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, but it's like there's something. And, and, um, and this is kind of a trivial example, and, but this happened once. And, but it's like, as you said, it's when God breathes into it. And, and I went back, I couldn't even tell you today what the scripture verse was, but I could tell you what the general message of it was. God loves me yep. unconditionally. Now, what believer doesn't know that up here? We all know that. But you know, the day that God spoke it to my very spirit and breathed life into it, mm-hmm. it gave it a whole new meaning. But then I went and I began to try to tell some other people, it's like, you got I, I saw this in the scripture today, and they're like, well, duh. And it's like, but you don't get it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. And then you try to beat the the life into them, um, and it's just, it's not there for them right. that day. But for you, that moment, it was. And, and it's so precious when God does those moments. Right. But it's also frustrating when they don't come. Yep. Oh, it is, because you look at it and say, wow, you know, there's got to be something here. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be coming. I like the end of verse 82, Tim, where it goes and says, when will thou comfort me? There's two thoughts with this. First of all, he's expecting yes. a comfort. He's not saying, uh, you'll never comfort me. No. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that moment when yeah. you will. Right. And the word comfort, the word comfort does not mean when will you pity me or when will you say, oh, poor you. No, comfort means when will you come alongside and walk me through this? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a comfort where, you know, we're doing it together. Mm-hmm. It's not this, this, you know, okay, God, when are you going to allow me to have this pity party and mm-hmm. say, woe is me? And, and you know, you kind of pat me on the head saying, it'll be okay, Sonny. No, that isn't mm-hmm. what he's talking about. He's talking about, no, when, when will you come alongside of me and walk me through it? Because we know that anytime we go through trials and tribulations, he has to walk us through it. It isn't that he's going to eliminate those trials and tribulations. No, he will walk us through those trials and tribulations mm-hmm. because there's something for us to learn. There's something for us to glean that will build us up in our Christian character and mm-hmm. our Christian experience. Even if it's only to know that he will never leave us or forsake us. Yeah. So, you know, even if it's just going back to um, that part when it says, when will you? Mm -hmm. I know you will. Right. And I've been waiting patiently. Yeah. Yeah. But when will you do it? Mm -hmm. And and, and that's so huge. Like I said, just that one word. Because we do, we too often pray, will you comfort me? Yeah. Not when will. And yeah. that, adding that word when totally changes. Like you said, I, he's identifying, I know your character. Yep. I know this is coming, but do you have to wait so long? You yep. know, I heard somebody say it this way once. It's true that God will never give us more than we can bear. I just wish he wouldn't trust me so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes that's where we're at. I think that might be a little bit where the psalmist was... Yeah. It was at at this point. You know, actually, you know, if we could go back up to 81 just for a moment, because he alludes to that at the end of 81 where he says, but, you know, my soul is fainting. Mm-hmm. I feel weary. I may, may even feel like I'm going to pass out because of it, but I hope in thy word. The word hope means I have assurance in your word. 
-hmm. It's not wishful thinking. I have assurance of it. I know that your word is going to get me through this. Mm -hmm. I know it is. You know, hope is not, once again, it's not like this, this mm -hmm. wishful thinking thing. You know, I hope it's not going to rain today. It was starting to rain when we came in. You know, no, no. Mm -hmm. I hope. I have assurance that my God will get me through. Even though um, I, I don't know how much lower I can go because I'm fainting, mm -hmm. I know God's going to pick me yep. up. When it's time for God to pick me up, he will pick me up. And he does the same thing in verse 82. Mine eyes fail. I search the scriptures. I don't see it. Yet I know that you will comfort me. Mm -hmm. I know that when it comes time that I'm reading the scriptures and all of a sudden there's going to be a neon sign that says, here it is, Harold. Read it. You know, mm -hmm. and he's going, whoa, there it is. Yep. You know, and that's what God would do. And that's what the psalmist is doing. 83, once again, still troubled in 83. For I am become like a bottle in the smoke. Mm -hmm. What a picture. What a vivid picture. Mm -hmm. What he's talking about is the, the, the wineskin. You know, you have new wine in that wineskin. Yep. But then you throw it close to the fire. And the wineskin has, has sucked in. That smoke. Mm -hmm. What is that going to do to new wine? It's going to make yeah. it taste horrible. It's going to be <laughs> horrible, you know. And, and and that's what he's saying is, I am become like a bottle in the smoke. You know, I I'm, I'm no good. You mm -hmm. know, I I, you know, it's almost like you know I'm of no use anymore. Mm -hmm. Because he's 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 fainting and his his eyes are dim to the word of God and he just feels like, woe is me. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just of no, no use to anybody. Yep. I'm like a bottle of wine that is placed into the smoke. And then he goes, and, and I love the way he ends each of these little phrases. Then he goes and says in 83, Yet do I not forsake your statutes or your word or your mm -hmm. precepts or your testimonies or your commands, mm -hmm. whatever word you want to put in there. He's got statutes here. You know, and he's saying, wait a minute. Yet will I not forsake. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, even though this is the way my life seems to be at this point in time, guess what? I can always depend on your word. That's right. And is it any different today? No. Nope. I don't think it is. Yet we as Christians, you know, we kind of tend to stay with the first line of each stanza or each, each phrase or each verse, and we forget the second part of each mm -hmm. verse. Where he goes and says, but, mm -hmm. yet, this is what I see. Yeah. You know, we stop at that little comma and think that's the end of the sentence, mm -hmm. and it isn't. Yeah, because right. he keeps on always bringing out the hope mm -hmm. that is there. And, and to me, this is great. I, I just love this yep. stuff so much because this is what the psalmist is saying, and this is real stuff, mm -hmm. you know, for all of us. Yeah. yeah, and and what he's really doing, he's, he's in every single one of these um, aspects of this stanza, he identifies the problem, but he also identifies the solution mm -hmm. to the problem. The very first one, he, the the solutions in the second half, I'm going to keep hoping in your word, because I know what you promised, so I'm I'm, I'm going to hold to that hope. Yep. And then the second time, I'm going to remind myself in a sense, even though he poses it in the form of a question, when will you comfort me? But like we already said, he knows the comfort's coming. So he's speaking of God's faithfulness. Right. So I'm going to hope 
in your promises. I'm going to remember that you are faithful. And then in this third one, what is it? I will choose to remind myself yep. of your word. You know, I, and I will press in and do my part on this because your word is true, as he's already made clear in all these other stanzas that we've read in this psalm. And then even going into the next one, when he says, when will, and again, there's that identification yep. of, of, I know you're I know going you will. to, yep. do what? Execute judgment. Talking of his righteousness. So it's understanding that with every hardship that we go through, do we understand that God is still a righteous God? Do we understand that God is still a God who wants to bring hope? Do we understand that God will bring comfort? Yep and reassurance. And do we know that he will always stay true to his statutes, you know? And if we hold to all of these things, to our part, that is what will ultimately be the catalyst for God to revive us. You know, one of the things I was thinking of as you were were speaking is, is, seems like one of the biggest tools the enemy wants to use against us is our memory. Mm Mm-hmm. He knows that we're, our memories are very short-lived. And the older I get, the more I understand that. But, you know, it, it's almost like he, he, he knows that, you know, we, we are quick to forget. Well, didn't he do that with Adam and Eve? Sure. You know, did God really say, try to bring her memory yeah. into question? Yeah. You know? And did the same thing with the Lord yeah. Jesus. And, and, and that, you know, so, so you look at it. So we have to make sure that we, we gear up our minds and our memories, if we will, to say, wait a minute, I'm going to go back to what is truth, mm-hmm. because I know it to be truth, and, and I'm going to rely on that. Yep. You know, and, and that's what it seems like the psalmist is doing in each of these three verses. In verse 4, where he goes, says, how many are the days of thy servant? You know, 84. How many? What is he thinking? Is he... Is he almost to the despair of his life, saying, Lord, when are you going to take me home? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think I've had a little bit too much. Yep. It is enough. How much longer do I have to put up yes. with this? You know, it's almost like John at the end of the book of the Revelation. What's mm-hmm. the last thing he says? Even so, so, come quickly, Lord Jesus, right? Yep. How many times have we said that? Especially mm-hmm. over the last couple of years where things just seem to be out of control. How many times have we said, Lord, is it today? Please, could it be today? You know, that kind of thing. And, and the mm-hmm. psalmist is saying the same thing in 84. How many other days of thy servant? And I like it because he understands who is in charge of his days. Yes. He knows that his days are numbered. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he's saying, Lord, is my number up today, please? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Because I know that you're in charge of that. You're the one yeah. who has my, you know, my name is in your book, and here's the day that you have chosen I, I understand it. Yep. Am I getting close to that? And also putting in perspective, and again, reminding himself of his, what his real relationship is with this, person, with, with this God that he's asking these questions to. I am your servant. Yep. Now, I want to know how many days your servant has left, but I choose to, in, in the midst of all this, in the midst of all this woe is me, where our tendency is to almost elevate ourselves higher than God, God, don't you care? God, you don't seem to, to you know, be given time of day to this person. But here all of a sudden in this point, he brings back to reference this aspect of, I'm still your servant. 
You know, you are still the master. And I'm not questioning that aspect. I just want to know some answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and then in verse 84, he goes and he, and he probably asks the same question that all of us, if we're, if we're honest, probably have asked it many times. Why is it, you know, I'm serving you, I'm loving on you, I'm trying to follow you, and, you know, things just aren't working out. And these people who are against you, contrary to you, seem to think out everything. Life is smooth. Life mm-hmm. is going good for them. Why? You know, and, and he's yeah. asking that in verse 84. When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? Lord, mm-hmm. don't you see what they're doing to me? I'm your servant. Mm-hmm. And look what they're doing. And these people are living high on the hog or, or yep. whatever. And why? You know, there, there's another place in, in one of the Psalms where Billy Graham had a, had a column in the newspaper um, every, every day, I think. And it's called, How, do the, uh, how Long Will the Heathens Rage? You know, in other words, how long, how long are they going to seem to be doing well who do not know you and here's us who mm-hmm. know you and our lives seem to be upside down at times? Mm-hmm. How long? Yeah. But there again, I think that's where it comes back to we need to look at life with God's eyes, yeah. which are eternal eyes. Right. And understanding that, um, and I think it was um, actually Francis Chan years ago who did a little... Um, message and he uses a great illustration i know you can still pull it up on youtube and he he uses a rope and this rope like goes it it wasn't super long but he's like pretend it goes super you know all all the way out here beyond but on the very end of the rope there's this little red segment and he referred to that little red segment as this life from when we're born to when we die and what we get so overly concerned about is this one little speck on this one little piece of red, forgetting about all of this <laughs> that comes yep. after, you know, and, and how much we, we treat, we almost magnify that one little spot on the red line as though that is eternity. But eternity, we haven't even, even once we've lived this whole life, still hasn't even, it, yeah, it's, that, a, it's like a whole speck right. in light of eternity itself. And so... What are we doing, you know, when, when we get our perspective so much on this, so much on the circumstance, so much on the moment that we get our eyes off he who is eternal? Yep. This stuff is going to be very momentary, but, you know, if I keep my eyes on his word, my eyes on who he is, that remains long beyond this life. And so you almost see this constant trying to come back to that. God, help me get my focus off this under this. Yeah. You know, I, I see two major questions. In 82, when will you comfort me? And then in 84, when will you execute judgment? Mm-hmm. You know, I look at that and I say, wow, what a contrast. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's so down that he needs comfort. And Lord, when are you, when are you going to take care of me? Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, how come you seem to be taking care of them and they're the ones persecuting me? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, wait a minute. It doesn't add up to me. And, mm-hmm. and when, would, when will this happen? Yeah. But there again, the word when. Yeah. It doesn't begin with the word will. He yeah. knows he wills. I just, I want to see it now. Yeah. You know, my patience is wearing thin. And so, come Lord. And of course, we know in walking the Christian life, of course, when we're going through the moment, these are the questions we ask. Yeah. But the reality is, who's really blessing them? 
mm-hmm. at that moment. Right. Is it really God? You know, and, and what we've mentioned our church a lot of times, and, you know, I don't want to give the enemy too much credit. But if we stop and think about it, you know, being a Christian is the toughest thing you will ever do in life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, and I've asked this to a lot of people, it's like, have you ever noticed that once you became a Christian, in some ways life seemed to get harder, not better? And they're like, yeah, I have. It's like, well, let me explain why. See, as long as you weren't following God, the devil didn't have to mess with you because he already had you. Yep. He didn't have to draw you away from God because he, you were already away from him. So he could let you be blessed. He, he, he could let you have things. But now that you've named the name of Christ and Christ has you, see, the enemy doesn't want you. He just doesn't want God to have you. Yeah. And so he'll do everything he can to come against you. So when you become a Christian, you really become like you almost got that bullseye on your back. And so when things do start going wrong like that, and I think this is a little bit of what Paul was talking about when he said rejoice in those moments. Rejoice when you're suffering for the cause of Christ because it's showing that you're walking with him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's almost like verse 85. uh, The psalmist has a Joseph moment. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that come to mind. Mine too. <laughs> when when I read verse eighty five, because remember the story of Joseph, right? Where his brothers took him out and they yep. they dug a pit and threw him into the pit, and then the Egyptians came and all this other, you know, it's almost like a Joseph moment. Here I am, I'm mm-hmm. doing the best I can, and these people are around me, and they they just dig a pit and they just throw me in, waiting for the lion to come get me or or whatever, you know. And and he says the proud have digged the pits for me which are not after your lot. They, they're not following you, God. Mm-hmm. Yet they're throwing me into the pit, and, mm-hmm. and I don't understand. Uh, but yet, the first half of the next verse, all your commandments are faithful. Yeah. You know, I can't help but wonder, and when I was reading this too, the thought of Joseph came to my mind, and especially as I read into verse 86 there, yeah, I almost wonder, was he not thinking about that very thing when he wrote this? Or, yeah. or did he maybe re- start <clears throat> writing it, not thinking that, but then God brought his memory back to this? Because isn't that just exactly what happened to Joseph? Yep. The proud, his brothers, dug a pit, threw him in, but what was what they meant for evil, Joseph said what? God, God meant, for, meant good. for good. He knew what was coming down the road. Why? Because his commandments are faithful. Yep. You know, and, and so in God's faithfulness, he brought me through all this. So, uh, yeah, I wonder if he was thinking yeah. this very passage. So, so if we go back, you know, and we got to do it quickly, but if we go back, even in verse 81 again, my soul fainteth. You know, is it good for me to have a soul that every once in a while gets weary? Because if I didn't have a soul that got weary, when would I ever experience God's reviving? Or when would I ever experience God restoring? Mm -hmm. Or when would I ever experience God fixing or making better Mm -hmm. that wearied soul that I have? You know, and I need to experience that. We we do. And I need as, to watch see his hand working. Yeah. As much as we hate to think that, yeah. we have to. And why? Because of our fallen state. And just just look at Israel. You know, when everything went well with them and there was no resistance, there's nothing bad happening, what happened? They got their eyes off God. They got their eyes on themselves. Yep. And God took a back seat, and they eventually chased after the things of the world. And, you know, we're exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. We haven't changed all these, you know, thousands of years, and we still fall prey to that same thing. So what God constantly had to keep doing, he had to keep bringing them back. 
through those trials, through those tribulations, through the torments at times, just to prove again his love and his mercy and his grace. Yep. And it's the same way with us. So that's, that's why I, I love 30, um, 36, only because you go back to the other. Okay, it's good for me every once in a while as I'm reading the scripture, and it may be dry. Mm-hmm. So that when tomorrow and I come read the scripture, all of a sudden a waterfall comes, and mm-hmm. it's just torrents of God's blessing or torrents of God's um, river of life, mm-hmm. you know, overtakes me. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. one of those things where, wait a minute, all your commands are faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe that, and I know that to be true. It's kind of like a video I was watching just yesterday. It was a hiking video, because um, I, I just like watching those. Um, obviously, I need to just do it. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, but I was actually, while I was watching this video, I'll let you know I was on my gazelle, okay? And, and I, I was kind of walking as they were doing this thing, but it was actually it took place in Norway, and it was this uh, this couple and they'd been walking for days over mountains and down into valleys and some hard, hard times and times when they thought maybe we should double back, and, but they didn't. And, but, you know, they talked about just every time, even when they went through the hard things, the beauty that awaited them on the other side, you know, especially if they climbed the mountains and whatnot. And, uh, but I'll never forget the guy. Um, it was about, I think, day nine into their trip, and there was a stream, and all of a sudden they're cleaning up and they're washing up and he's just like oh yeah, this refreshing. feels so great yeah. he's like I took this and he didn't say the words I've taken this so for granted but you could hear that tone in his voice it's like I haven't felt this clean in so long and you could just see this elation on his face that if you had a shower day after day you know yeah. it, it didn't wouldn't have that same effect but when you've gone through that period and then you get to plunge yep. oh how sweet it is you know so, so you have in verse 86, he goes and he makes this, this great elated, um, what's the word I want? This great elated um, proclamation where all your commandments are faithful. Yep. You know, I don't know why I'm feeling this way, verse 81 to 85, but I know you're faithful. But then he goes right back and he says, they persecute me, but you know something? They're doing it without cause. Right. I am not guilty. Uh-huh. And what does God say? You know, if you go into Matthew, Matthew, Matthew 6, where he goes and says, uh, um, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at that and say, wait a minute. Even though I'm being persecuted wrongfully, I can still be content. Mm-hmm. You know, I can still have that contentment. Why? Because I know mm-hmm. that I know that I'm walking the way God wants me to mm-hmm. walk. Yeah. And I'm doing what God wants me to do. Yeah. And because I know that, no matter what comes my way, guess what? I'm still in his hand. Yeah, because I know you're faithful, and for that, I now can cry out, sure. help me. Yeah. Because I know you will. Yeah, and that is, that is so neat. That is just, to me, just such a neat, neat thing. You know, so he goes and says, your commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help me. Yeah, uh, last night I, I did a, a message, a little devotional at prayer meeting on uh, Romans 8, 26 through 28. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talk about the Holy Spirit of God. 
and how the Holy Spirit of God is our intercessor and he goes and he makes groanings and utterances that we cannot make. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I likened it and I told the people I was likening it to this. I said, this is when you and I don't know what to say and the Holy Spirit says, hey, I got you covered. Mm -hmm. I'll take it to the Father and it will sound beautiful to him. Mm -hmm. You know, and then one guy, Howard, in our Bible study group says, is this like when David or, or Daniel and all he could say is, and the Holy Spirit says, I got it. Mm -hmm. And he takes it up to the Father, yeah. and he says, this is what he needs. Yeah. Well, I think also um, in terms of, you think people sometimes when they're in the hospital, and they are at a point where they're, maybe because of the medications they're on or whatever, they are just unable to articulate properly yeah. what's going on, or just because of their lack of knowledge. They just don't quite know what to say. But, you know, they have these things called nursing advocates. Mm-hmm. And what is that person's role, or patient advocates, I'm sorry. Yep. And, um, but what is their role? Their role is to step in. You they know the, they, they, have they, they have sat down and they have communed, in a sense, with the patient to the point that they understand what the patient wants, what the family wants. But because they've been in the system, they know now how to go and advocate for that patient in a way that will bring about the results that are necessary. Yep. And it's kind of that way with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit There's so many times we don't know. Because anything that we process, we're processing through our finite mind without his infinite wisdom. And so the Holy Spirit comes and he communes with us. And he gets to know where our heart is. But he also knows what's best for us to yep. bring healing. Yep. And so then he takes what, we, what he knows we have need of and what we express. And now he goes to the great physician yep. <laughs> and says, here's what we need. Yeah. You know, and, they, and they talk as though they are that patient. Yep. You know, and the Holy Spirit communes as though he is us. Yeah, you know, I, I even likened it yesterday. I said, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Now, God the Father knows everything. He's, he's omniscient. He knows mm -hmm. everything. So don't get me wrong when I say this. But it seems that the Holy Spirit of God would take our um, puny little words in request to the Father and almost say, Father God, this is what Harold meant to say. Yeah. You know, and he, and he, and he speaks on my behalf, mm -hmm. knowing, because it says he searches the heart. So he knows my heart, and he knows this is what Harold meant to say. Mm -hmm. And the Father says, beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. And that's what happens. So you have that. They have, and I like verse 70 and uh, 87, and Colin just gave us a sign. That in verse 87, they almost, and I like that word almost. Mm -hmm. They have not succeeded. Yep. They're not there. They have almost consumed me upon the earth. But mm -hmm. I forsook not your. You, they almost got me. Boy, mm -hmm. they almost did. But you know something? My God bigger than that. Mm hmm you know, what my God can do is so much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to come out all right. Yep. You know, and, and I think that, you know, as I look at that, but I, I forsook not your preacher. Right. I know what your word says. I know what your word says, and I chose not to turn away from right. it. Right. And I have, I have chosen that, not what the enemy has. Mm -hmm. Then in verse 88, Make me alive, which we started with pretty mm -hmm. much. Make me alive, quicken me, revive me. I think your translation has revive yep. me after your loving kindness, not after my wants, not after my my petty complaints. Mm -hmm. Not a, no, you revive me uh, after your loving kindness, 
so shall I keep the testimonies of your mouth mm -hmm. so that I can look and say, you want to see how God brought me mm -hmm. out of this? That goes right back up where he says, yeah. oh, when will you comfort me? Yeah. When are you going to come alongside of me and mm -hmm. carry me through or walk me through this? Mm -hmm. And then in verse 88, he yeah. says, guess what? You're going to quicken me. You're going to make me alive so mm -hmm. that I'll be able to tell people, yeah, God walked me through this. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly it. Because I, you know, I, and I know I can pinpoint things in my life, and I know you can in yours as well, where, you know what, when I, I was going through some hard times, it's like God, and, and I remember this one time specifically that stretched on for years. It's like, God, it, I, I could have written this. Yep. No, because this is exactly where yep. I was at, you know, that God... I'm trying to do what you want, God. Is there ever going to be an end to this? I, I, f I feel like I'm, I'm just getting really worn down. Why do I have to go through this? I don't understand it. And you know what? God never, ever alleviated it until we moved out of that area. But you know what? When we moved out of that area, we moved to a new town, and it wasn't a month later, Dad asked me to sing a special at church that morning, that evening. And um, I'm like, okay. And I was looking through and didn't know what song, you know, Lord would have me sing. And then also he directed me to this one. And I'll, to this day, I'll, I'll, I never forget it because God sang it to me first. Yep. And the song was, I don't need to understand. I just need to hold his hand. I don't need to understand the reason why, because I know he'll make a way through the night and through the day. I don't need to understand. I just need to hold his hand. I was 16. Yep. And I have not sung that song since, but those words have never, ever left my mind. Yeah. And you know what? Today, true. I can look back and say, God revived me according to his loving kindness, not according to my desire. I still had to go through it. But I'll tell you, I know of at least yeah. one person today who did not commit suicide because of that. Yeah. And, and what I saw God do, God ministered to that person. And for that one reason and one reason alone, I would go through it for twice as long as I had to. That was his loving kindness in my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Next week, we'll be looking at verses 89 through 96 of this beautiful 119th Psalm. I am Pastor Harold Noyce, pastor of the Community Christian Church. We're located on the Lower Road in Athens, Vermont. We have morning worship at 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. Then we have evening worship at 6 p.m. Come on out. If you're in our area, come on out. Fellowship with us. Sing God's praises with us. Learn from God's Word. Uh, and, and just try to build each other up as Christ would have us do. And if you're in the Charlestown area, we have morning worship Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock for those of us that like to sleep in. <laughs> but, uh, um, but we meet at the Senior Center in Charlestown, 223 Old Springfield Road. Again, 11 o'clock Sunday mornings. Love to have you worship with us. We also have small groups that meet during the week. Coming up, starting um, the first Sunday of March, we're also going to be starting some Sunday night gatherings at 6 o'clock. Those will take place at our house at 276 Main Street. has the Abundant Life Center sign in the front yard. Uh, time of digging into the Word, getting understanding the doctrines of the faith, and then learning how to become not only God's disciple, but also be able to go out and make disciples. So if you're not doing anything on Sunday nights, love to have you come be a part of that discussion. We want to thank everybody for tuning into this. We want to thank FACT TV and all of the staff that's here that makes this possible. Uh, we encourage you to let people know um, about this program if you find it beneficial. Uh, you can find it on the community TV stations, on the